You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. I've been starting for the last few weeks or alluding to for the last few weeks from our launching theme, which is John, the seventh chapter, um, and beginning at verse 37. And in beginning at verse 37, it says, and I've been doing the same scripture for the last few weeks. Some of you are probably tired of this scripture, but I want to continue to develop it as we end this series. But in verse 37, it says, and on the great day of the feast, it says that Jesus stood up and he cried with a loud voice. And he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And verse 38 says, and whoever believes in me, if y'all can put that scripture, thank you, it says, and whoever believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, one translation says belly, uh, but we're saying out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And he said this about the spirit whom those who had believed in him were to receive, for as yet many of them had not received it. It had not been given to them. As you would know, I've been talking about this for the last few weeks, but it was talking about how um, the spirit had not descended on them yet because Jesus was still with them. But Jesus was talking to them about a promise that they would receive that had not yet come to them just yet. But Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come to me, which is where we get this thing from. To be like water is to flow. He says, if you're not flowing, if you don't have a flow, if you have a blockage of any kind, come to me, whatever it is you need. We used to sing a song a long time ago in the church that I grew up in, and they would say, um, I came to Jesus uh, just as I was. I was weary, I was worn, and I was sad. They said, but I found in him a resting place and he has made me glad. So he says, if any of you all are wearied, if any of you all are thirsty, the, the answer to your thirst is to go to Jesus. If you need anything in your life right now, the answer is still and always in Jesus. If Walter Hawkins were here, he used to sing a song that says, Jesus Christ is the way. He is not a way. Jesus Christ is the way. Someone just open your mouth right now and say, he is the way. Uh, one of the... Uh, oh, in the New Testament, they talked about how will we come to the Father? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And you have to reconcile that in your life. There are many options. There are many things that we can do in life to give you a temporary fix. But when you need your soul satisfied, Jesus is the way. It is not something that I'm here to talk about because I'm a preacher. I'm not here to talk to you because I'm a pastor. I'm not here to talk to you about it because somebody else said it. What I know for myself is that when I was thirsty Jesus was the one who satisfied me every single time is there anybody else that can testify that as well that when your mind was all over the place Jesus regulated your mind when your soul was going through Jesus satisfied your soul so Jesus stands up in front of the congregation and he says I don't care what you hear in the future when you're thirsty come to me I don't care what they say. I don't care what all the, what are the things you hear. I don't care what you read. Your soul will be thirsty at some point in your life, and you're going to have to come back to me. And this is what this series is about for everyone who's at a season of thirst. 
and it is time to come back to Jesus. It is time to come back to Jesus. Will you do me a favor and say it to yourself? Don't say nobody else. Go back to Jesus. Go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. Go back to the Jesus. See, uh, I think it was the Chicago Mass Choir used to say, go back to the altar. Stay on your knees. Just stay there till you get the Holy Ghost power. There are many of us who got to go back to Jesus. So here we look at this particular text and we see there are a few things that I want to give you as a backdrop before we move forward just to make sure that you know what's going on because I don't, I don't just want to take for granted that you know one this story even though I've taught it a few times but every time I see it I always find something different that I didn't see before but in this verse 5 it says he came to a town of Samaria called Sakar near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph and verse 6 says and Jacob's well was there well that was the thing I looked at because the first mention I see of Jacob I said well that means that there had to be something that was going on in the background before we get to present day it's very important that you know what background information is before you judge what is going on in present day. So when we look at this particular text and we find the mention of Jacob, we have to go all the way back to Genesis, the 33rd chapter. And we look back at Genesis, the 33rd chapter. Pastor Stacy, will you read that in verse 18? Um, uh, now, that verse 20 word might trick you up a little bit, um, but I just want to prepare you for that. Genesis, the 33rd chapter and verse 18. Let's read there. Um, make sure your mic's on. All right, we got a microphone for the woman of God. We got a microphone. We got a microphone. Let's make sure. Here we go. Hold on. She's going to say Jacob one more time. And Jacob. There we go. And Jacob. There we go. Came safely yeah. to the city of Shechem. Yes. Which is in the land of Canaan. Yes. On his way from Padam Aram. Yes. And he camped before the city. And from the sons of Hammer, mm -hmm. Shechem's father, he brought for a hundred pieces of money the piece of land on which he had pitched his tent. Yes. There he erected an altar and called it El Ahi Israel. Yes, yes. Y'all couldn't have read that, could you? Yeah, I couldn't have read it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to let somebody else do it. Get somebody else to do it. <laughs> but when we look at this particular text and we see this mention of Jacob, for those of you who are familiar with Jacob, how many of you are familiar with Jacob? How many of you familiar with those? See, I have to make sure I see it. The, only five hands went up, so I, I can make sure you know who Jacob is. So when we look at Jacob, if you look in Genesis, the 33rd chapter, 20, 32nd chapter, 31st chapter, 29th chapter, any of those different things, when you look at that, you find out that Jacob uh, had a relationship with his uh, brother Esau, and it says that they were fighting each other one, to the point where one came out before the other one, and there was this tension between the brothers to the point that at one point, one of them was so famished that he said I will sell you my birthright if you will give me some food give me some soup and, and even though it might not have seemed like a big idea but what he was basically saying was I'm so hungry I need something to satisfy me right now and you have to be very careful the lesson in that is making decisions when you're hungry have any of you ever gone to the grocery store and you bought more than you planned to buy because you were hungry you go up and down the aisle and everything looks like it's appeasing to you because you're hungry. Anybody other than me ever done that and you walked out, you said, I did not plan to buy that much, but because you went there hungry, have you ever taken out of the grocery store? Have you ever gotten with anyone, made a friend, did something, gotten a job or whatever you did because you were hungry? You were ready for something to fill that need, whatever that was, and all of a sudden you wound up at the checkout line of decisions and you realized that you had paid more than you wanted to pay and why? 
wound up having to deal with more things that you intended to deal with because you made the decision while you were hungry. Am I the only one that you look back to your life and the only reason you're not arrogant is because there's a trail of hunger that follows you. There's a trail of decisions that has followed you and you see the only reason I can't look down my nose on anybody else is because at one point in my life there was me who made a hungry decision too and if I'm not careful if I don't get this thing satisfied I'll make a hungry decision too and I'm at a season right now that I'm too old to be making decisions while I'm hungry is there anybody in here who will be honest I, I love things and I like things but I have to be careful of, of, of what happens when I'm hungry I have to be careful when I'm around my daughter oftentimes when she's hungry she gets angry when she's hungry she don't want to deal with people and you have to be careful when you're in a season of hunger you have to tell people it ain't you it's my hunger it don't have nothing to do with what you said. It don't have nothing to do with your cologne. It's I'm hungry. And you don't want to be around a hungry person that doesn't know where to satisfy their hunger. You don't want to be around anybody in your life who's in a hungry season and they looking to you to eat instead of looking to God to satisfy their hunger. You have to be careful because people will eat you up one day and spit you out the next day. And you have to be very careful. Who am I talking to? You have to be very careful of making decisions when you're hungry. So here in this particular scripture, it says this is this, this background. It says that because he he made a decision while he was hungry, the Bible says he sold his birthright, which is to say he sold his inheritance. He sold what belonged to him, but he got blessed anyway. But what happens is that because he sold his birthright, it says that there was a, a, a rift between uh, between the brothers where they had not seen each other for many, many years. So now in this particular text in Genesis, the 33rd chapter, uh, Jacob had been, verse 32, chapter 32, excuse me, Jacob had been known as a trickster for most of his life. Jacob had been known as a con artist, con artist for most of his life. But one night in the middle of himself. One night in the middle of him thinking about what he was and what he was known as, it says that there came an angel that started to wrestle with him in the night while he was alone. It says that the Bible says that his brother, he was getting ready to meet his brother, the one that he had wronged. But before he met his brother, he had an encounter with God. Before he met the person that he had wronged, before he met the person that he had stole something from, he had an encounter with God when nobody else was around he started to wrestle with an angel which was synonymous or symbolic of wrestling with his DNA and wrestling with his character and wrestling with himself and I don't know if there's anybody in this room right now who will be honest and say the real truth of the matter is I'm alone but I'm wrestling I'm in a season right now that I don't like who I was but I'm not who I shall be and I'm wrestling between the two things come on you don't want to be real come on Paul even wrestled it says over in Romans the 7th chapter preach this Bible Mario I will Romans the 7th chapter he says I find a law within myself wrestling within myself that when I would do good evil is always present for all of you just self-righteous people who don't want to be truthful and honest and say I got two natures down inside of me the one you see on Sunday and the one you can't deal with on Monday I got two things that are wrestling and that's why I need God because my nature my old nature is hunger. It reminds me of a story. Come on, priest. It reminds me of a story of a guy who said, there are two things inside of you. There's a wolf and there is a lamb inside of you. And he says, he says, and if you're not careful, one of them is going to lead. 
And he said, how, which one leads? He said, whichever one you feed. And how many of you have wanted to lead like a lamb, but you've been feeding the wolf inside of you? And you've been eating up everything that you're not supposed to eat and killing people you're not supposed to kill and cussing out people you didn't mean to cuss out because you keep feeding the wolf that is down inside of you. But Jesus said, I am the lamb of God. And there is a lamb DNA that's down inside of you. But the only one who lives is the one you feed. That's why I say bread of heaven bread of heaven feed me until I won't no more someone open your mouth say God feed me so here he wrestled in the night and while he was wrestling the angel said which was symbolic of God he had a fight with God and God said uh, let me go the angel symbolic representative of God said let me go and Jacob was so hungry for change. Jacob was so hungry for something different. You don't want to be around someone who's ready to change. Because when they're ready to change, they will look past you. They will look past family dynamics. They will look past location. They will look past whatever they're in to say, whatever it is, if you are in my way, I will move you out of the way because I am ready to change. I know you had some of your friends for a long time, but some of your friends have been in your way. And it is time for you to move some people out of the way so that you can change the way you need to change. I know you don't want to do the thing, but if you don't do the thing, you won't say the way you've always been. But I hear the word of the Lord. It is time for you to change and move anything out of the way that is in your way. Somebody open your mouth, say, move it out the way move it move it out of the way so here he was in the night and while he was in the night it says I would let you go but I can't let you go until you bless me I can't let you go until something changes about me. I can't let you go until I'm not the same. I'm telling y'all church, I'm looking for a hungry church that will come to church and not wait on them to sing the song. I'm looking for a church who doesn't care if the air condition works or not. I'm looking for a church who does not care about what you got on a suit or whether you got on skinny jeans. But I'm looking for a church that sat down in your seat today and say, I'm not moving until God changes my situation. I'm not moving until God changes my mind. I'm not moving until God changes my heart. I'm not moving until God changes my mouth. I'm not moving until God changes what I see. I'm hungry for God and I'm going to fight this thing out until God changes thing about me. You might not see the change, but my soul has changed. I look black, but my soul ain't black no more because something on the inside it's working on the outside somebody open your mouth say I'm changing something's changing talking about people changing I'm changing changing right before your eyes and you don't even recognize it because I'm fighting this thing out and I don't know if there's anybody right now who you don't want a cute message. You want a hard brawl fight. You ready to get to the ring with the devil and say, let me tell you what you're not going to do. What you're not going to do is hold me to my past. And what you're not going to do is hold me to my flaws. And what you're not going to do is hold me to my yesterdays. Because I am ready for change. Somebody open your mouth, say change. Ready for change. 
I'm going to fight this thing out. Some of y'all, I'm going to keep preaching until you get it, let it go. I'm going to keep preaching until you let that thing go that you're fighting with. You can look at me at that tone of voice all you care. I tell you, I wrestle devils for breakfast. I don't have time to play games with no devil that's trying to hold you back. You are greater than everything that is trying to hold you back. You are greater than your location. You are greater than your family dynamics. I know you didn't have a daddy. You don't know who your daddy is. You don't know who your father is. And you feel in some type of way today. But let me tell you, I know a good, good father who has never left you and he will never forsake you that man might have but he is not a man that he will ever leave you and you gotta let go of that pain and say he wasn't there but James Moore sang the song and said he was there all the time waiting patiently in line somebody open your mouth say the Lord was there and that's why I gotta wrestle my emotions and that's why I gotta wrestle my hurts and that's why I gotta wrestle the holes in my heart and that's why I gotta wrestle the things that are trying to keep me captive because I've got a good God I've got a good father my heavenly father watches over me and I've gotta wrestle these emotions until that thing lets me go do me a favor church start shaking yourself if Dorothy Noah were here she would say shake 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 the devil off shake that thing off until you feel yourself loose shake that thing off until you feel your hands go up shake that thing off until you start opening up your mouth shake that thing off until you raise up yourself off your pew and say I didn't even mean to stand up but I feel like telling my past so long bye bye so long bye bye Somebody give God praise in the room. He wrestled because he was ready for something different. He wrestled because he was ready for change. He wrestled because he used to have a hunger and that didn't satisfy. But now he's got a new hunger. And only God can satisfy this curse. God can satisfy this hunger. So he wrestles. And he said, I won't let you go until you bless me. He said, well, if, you, if you're going to stay in this fight, he says, you're going to have a dislocation in your hip. That every time you walk around, it's going to be dislocation in your hip. That's going to remind you of the fights you were in. It's going to remind you of what you came through. People are going to make fun of you because your hip don't work like it used to. And Jacob said, that's all right. Because every time I limp, it reminds me that I conquered my past. Every time I limp, it reminds me that I'm not who I I used to be you can make fun of me if you want to but I'm gonna keep on walking with my limp I'm gonna keep on walking with my limp I'm gonna keep walking with this dislocation because it reminded me that I got delivered and I stayed delivered I got delivered and I never went back to that thing am I the only one who's got a limp in your life am I the only one who's been walking with a limp look at somebody say I got a limp too I got a limp too I got a story too. I got a story too. This is my story. This is my song. 
That's why I praise him all the day long. I want somebody right now, pretend like you're Pentecostal because y'all acting like you're Catholic. Pretend like you're Pentecostal. Clap your hands. Open your mouth. Say, thank you for delivering me. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for changing my mind. Thank you for my limp. Said, I'm going to hold on until I'm walking like I'm changed. My limp reminds me that I couldn't go back to that if I wanted to. My lip reminds me I couldn't run back to it if I wanted to. Took that taste from me. Every time, every time my flesh desires it, my leg reminds me I can't even do it no more. Every time I see something good, I'm like, back in my day, child. I would have snatched that up. But now I've got this limp. Can't do what I used to do. Can we just thank God for some things you can't do no more? Some of the things I can't do no more, I ain't sad about it. Because I shouldn't have done it in the first place. Some of the things I used to want to do. I shouldn't have done, I shouldn't have been, I shouldn't have been there, I shouldn't have entertained it, shouldn't have stayed there. But I stayed there so long that all of a sudden, I was like, Lord, I, how do I get out of this? But can we ever thank God for him snatching you out of places you wanted to stay and taking cups out of your hand that you wanted to keep drinking and taking things out of you and all that type of stuff? Can you thank God for stuff he took from you? People walking around saying, look at you and your limp cell. I remember a time you used to turn, you used to, be, you used to be the after party. I remember a time you were setting out the drinks. I remember a time you were the one, you would shut it all down. And you say, I used to until God shut me all down. And I'm walking with this limp. And y'all sitting here thinking I'm doing an illustration for myself. I ain't doing no illustration for myself. I'm reminding myself that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, if it had not been for Jesus, if, if it had not been for this limp, I would be right back where I wanted to be. But I thank God for delivering me, for setting me free, and keeping me with the limp. Thank him for my limp. Thank him for the things. Come on, Paul. Paul said three times, I ask that you move this limp. Three times, I ask you to remove this thorn. But he didn't remove it. He said, I won't remove it, but I'll give you grace for it. I'll give you grace for it. Is there anybody who says, the only reason I'm able to survive, the only reason I haven't given up is because he gave me grace in the middle of my thorn. He gave me grace in the middle of my situation. Can somebody give God praise for what you couldn't do on your own, but he gave you grace. So he said, so he said, 
I'm gonna wrestle this thing out until you change me. I'm gonna wrestle this thing out until you do something about my nature. So he then meets his brother in chapter 33 is where we get to. I didn't mean to say that so long. Chapter 33, he gets there. And it says, and while he's there, he's thinking that his brother's still mad about something that happened in their childhood. So he walks towards his brother, giving him gifts because he thinks that gifts will appease and remove what he did. Is there anybody who's ever done you wrong and tried to give you a gift to make you forget about it? So that's what Jacob was trying to do. He said, what happens is, I know God changed me, but I don't know if Esau still remembers who I used to be. God changed me, but I don't know if Esau knows about that change. So I'm going to give him gifts just perhaps he remembers what I did and try to kill me. So he sends gifts ahead. Children, family, all that type of stuff. Esau finally meets his brother. Jacob says, oh, here comes my brother. Here comes the one I did wrong. He's coming. Oh, Lord, what's he going to say? Esau says in chapter 33, you read it when you get a chance. He says, what mean these gifts? Why did you give me all these gifts? He said, Justin, perhaps you remembered what I did to you. Esau surprised him and said, so you think you're the only one who had an encounter with God? You think you're the only one who God has changed? He says, the only reason we're having this moment right now is because God did something in me too. You don't owe me an apology. God still blessed me in spite of what you did. I don't know who needs to eat right now in this room. Let me tell you just something. I don't care who did it and why they did it. God still has a blessing with your name on it in spite of what they did. You don't have to flaunt it. You don't have to post it. You don't have to screenshot it. All you got to do is walk in what God has done for you. Look at somebody say, just walk in it. Just, just walk in it. You don't owe nobody an explanation about anything. He walked. He said, God bless me in spite of what you did. What you did doesn't remove what God planned for me. You meant it for one thing, but God already, already interpreted. He God already had a plan for my life. He already had something for me. He said, don't worry about that. So they met, and in that reconciliation, Esau said, he said, hey, man. He said, I'm so blessed. I have more land than I can do with. He says, here, let me give you some land. And let, let's all just share. And, and, and because uh, Jacob had been a trickster before and a con artist before, Jacob said, lest I repeat my old habits, I don't want anything from you. You know God has changed you. When the person who did you wrong has an opportunity to bless you, and you say, I don't want it. I'm not talking about you don't want it because you're spiteful. You don't want it because you know God will supply what you need too. This message is taking a turn I did not plan for it to take. He says, because God has something for me. He said, I don't, I don't want it. 
So now we find in Genesis, the third, third chapter, that scripture she just read, scripture she read, she said, he, he, Jacob said, he says, I don't want anything that I don't buy for myself. He says, I don't want anything in some terms that I don't have sweat equity in. <laughs> I don't want anything that I haven't myself sacrificed for. He said, I don't want it. So it says, scripture says that uh, Abram, um, excuse me, that Jacob bought a parcel of land. He bought it, something that belonged to him. Will you do me a favor of putting your hand on your heart and say, God has given me something that belongs to me. Come on, say, tell yourself, he's given me something that belongs to me. I, I ain't got to fight nobody for it. I ain't got to borrow it from nobody. I ain't got to get a payday loan. I ain't got to do nothing. God has given me something that is for me. Who is that for in this room? He's given me something that's for me. So, all right, all right. Where do I go? Jesus Christ. Woo. God have mercy. Jesus. He said, so this is for me. God, Marion, I don't know where this is going. He said, this is for me. So here it is. It says, after that, we find, after we find, someone say, just teach, just teach, teach the word, just teach the word, just teach it. So finally, Jacob was getting ready to die. But before Jacob died, he had children, 12 sons. The scripture says that after he had 12 sons, he brought them around his bed and blessed them. I want to die like that. Well, I know it's time. I ain't not talking about a car wreck. I'm not talking about no plane crash. I'm talking about while I'm in my bed, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I think, I think like, bring the children. Bring Milo. He's still living. <laughs> bring the dog. Bring everybody. Bring the goldfish. Snakes and dragons. Bring them. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. So he brought them around, brought them around the bed and he started blessing each one of them and start speaking into each one of their lives, what they would be, what they would do. But it says in uh, Pastor Stacia, Genesis 48, chapter verse 22, he says this. Moreover, I have given to you rather than to your brothers one mountain slope that I took from the hand of the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. He said to the rest of them, I gave them stuff that they needed or stuff they might have wanted. Or whatever he said but to you Joseph I give you my land he says to you I give you this land this is the part you missed he says that I fought for and he couldn't give it to the 11 other sons because possibly mama Joanne they hadn't fought for nothing it's hard to give things to people who ain't never fought for nothing in their life it's hard to give people stuff just to be giving them stuff that they ain't never struggled for or fought for or never, never know what it means to, to live paycheck to paycheck or knows what it's like to work at rallies and at Walmart and at Dollar Store and three jobs and doing everything. They don't know anything about working overtime and, and doing different things, trying to make it work. No one knows what it's like for you to try to get to the utility bill before 5 p.m. to make sure they don't cut off your lights. And no one knows what it's like for you to try to call the auto car loan and, and say, hey, can you give me a little bit more grace other than the grace that you've given me? Is there anybody in the room who says what I got, I fought for it? I didn't go to UK on legacy. I went alone. 
I didn't go on scholarship. I, I, I didn't even think I was going to get into school. I had a 2.4. But for whatever reason, the door opened for me. And the only reason I'm in this door is because somebody fought for me. reason that everybody can't appreciate growth point is because I wasn't elected into the position I didn't put in the application to be the pastor there weren't five candidates that you had to hear to see which one would be your pastor which one could preach better and which one could sing better and none of that stuff no 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 LaDonna tell the story we fought for this thing we built this thing we did a library downtown we we became we have shared spaces shared with people for eight years and in September 2023 we are now going into our own space because we fought for this thing Fought for it, cried over it, lost sleep over it. People stayed, people left, people came, people went, and we still here. We're still preaching, we still shouting, we still giving, we still here. Is there anybody that can give God praise for what you fought for? So Jacob said, whew, Jacob said, I can give it to Joseph. Because his brother sold him. I can give it to Joseph. Because he was in a pit. I can give it to Joseph. Because he was sold. I, I can give it to Joseph. Because he was in prison and they forgot about him. I, I can give it to Joseph because he was in prison for something he did not do. I, I can give it to Joseph because he was accused by Potiphar's wife. And he didn't do nothing wrong. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he did nothing. But I can give it to Joseph because not only did he struggle, but he survived. I can give it to Joseph because he fought through it. He kept going through it. He had every reason to give up, but he kept fighting. He had every reason to throw in the towel, but he kept fighting. Is there anybody in this room who's got a fight down in your soul, that got a fight down in your spirit, and got a fight down in your mind, that say, throw me in a pit if you want to. Throw me in a pit if you want to. Throw me in jail if you want to. Throw me in the unemployment line if you want to. But I'm going to fight my way out. I'm going to fight my way out. Tell somebody I'm going to fight my way through this. Somehow, some way, I'm going to make this journey. I'm going to come out of this. Somebody open your mouth and say, I'm going to come out of this thing. So he said, I give it to Joseph because he appreciates the fight. I give it to Joseph because he knows what it's like to be forgotten about. I give it to Joseph because his own family turned on him. I give it to Joseph because his own brothers were jealous of him. I give it to Joseph because even though they threw him away, his brothers meant it for one thing. But oh, I turned it. I turned that thing so that eventually the same ones who threw him away were the same ones who had to come back to him. 
the same ones who said do away with Joseph because he's a dreamer do away with Joseph because he's a creative do away with Joseph because he sees things that are not there do away with Joseph because he thinks he's better than this family do away with Joseph because he thinks he's better than Lexington do away with Joseph because he thinks he's better than UK or something like he's gonna be the president or something of this thing do away with him but even though they tried to do away with him God kept him he said give it to Joseph because Joseph can handle it. Joseph can handle land because he was stolen from land. Joseph can handle this gift because his brothers see no monetary value in it. But Jacob sees potential in it. There. There. Is there anybody who feels the presence of the Lord in this room? Jesus Christ. Joseph said, he said, he said, I'll, I'll take it. So Joseph had that land, and, and that land we now get to, man, Brandon, it took me all that time to get here. John, the fourth chapter, and it says, and Jesus, give me a few seconds, I'm almost through. Give me a few seconds. Oh, God have mercy. Jesus. Jacob, I'm breaking all my preacher codes. I'm not even supposed to be this hype right now. My God. It says, and, jo and here in John, the fourth chapter, it says, and Jesus went through Sakar or Shechem, which is the land that Joseph had that belonged to his daddy. Jesus went through Samaria, went through Sakar, went there. Bible says he wasn't even supposed to go through there. But the Greek word for uh, that means, but it was necessary for him to go that way. Have you ever, for those of you who don't know what that means, have you ever had an unscheduled blessing that you weren't expecting, you weren't even prepared for, and all of a sudden, it just came to you out of nowhere? Have anybody just had an unexpected phone call, unexpected email, an unexpected moment, you got in the elevator, wasn't even planning to be there, and all of a sudden, God synced you in the right place at the right time? got there he said I wasn't supposed to go through here but it was necessary <laughs> I just want to thank God for the necessary he stuff he's done in my life I want to thank God for the times I wasn't even scheduled for a blessing but he blessed me anyway I want to thank God for the times he healed me that I didn't even think he would I want to thank God for the prayers he answered that I never thought I had forgotten about that prayer. But I thank him for coming to see about me. Can we just open our mouth and say, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for that. So here, here it is. Here it is. He says, so here it is, Mary, we're going to pay you overtime. So here it is. He says, he says he must needs go through Samaria, walk through there. And it says then that he just happened. Hallelujah. Jesus sat there. By the well. There was a well. Someone say well. Scripture says that it was Jacob's well. Now the scripture that I just read to y'all, Deacon Sterling, there was no mention of a well. Did y'all hear a well when I read that? There was no mention of a well. So where did the well come from? Scripture says, put that definition of the well. It says the well is a, a cistern uh, that is 100 feet deep. <coughs> hear this that was dug by a stranger apparently in a land of abundant springs it was not running water which is a spring but it was collected rainwater 
It was a well that was dug by a stranger. Oh, that blessed me, Kim Roy. I said, what do you mean? How could, a well, how could a stranger, Jada, how could a stranger build a well on somebody else's land? Well, then that reminded me, I said, okay, Jacob handed, to, handed the land to Joseph. Joseph handed the land to his children. His children handed the land for generations. But somebody in that lineage, somebody in that, whether they were a neighbor, whether they were whatever, whether they were somebody passing by, somebody said, this family needs to be marked. Somebody said, somebody needs to mark that there was a Jacob. Somebody needs to mark that there was a Joseph. Somebody needs to mark that somebody was here. Because I want to tell you something. If you think nobody's watching you, if you think nobody's watching how you go through your struggle, if you think nobody's watching how you handle your blessings, you are deceived. Somebody is watching you. So somebody must have watched Jacob. And somebody must have watched Joseph and said, as they were a blessed family, the way they lived that thing out wind up blessing me. And I got to make sure that there's a well here that will serve the purpose for generations so that when people come by this well, they will say, oh, Jacob's family lived here. Oh, this was a righteous family. Oh, this was a blessed family. Oh, this was a favor family. Oh, they weren't my family, but they blessed me just by how they lived. Can we thank God for the people that have been in your life that have blessed you just because of what they went through? Why? does the race excuse me why does the united races excuse me united states of america have to now make juneteenth a holiday because you cannot deny that even when you try to take our books out of florida we keep on surviving and we keep on doing things and we keep on bouncing back so you got to make a holiday because we about that life So you make Juneteenth, but it's really just a well. It's a well that points back to your grandmother. It's a well that points back to your granddaddy. It's a well that points back to yourself. It's a well that points back to everything that you survived, everything that you came through, that everybody in the United States has to recognize. These people keep on bouncing back. It's a well. Tell somebody I'm a well. The well. Stranger built the well. That well was there. Hear this part. The well was there. I'm almost through. I think I am. This well was there in the midst of springs. Don't miss this. Springs naturally flow. Wells only are collected from rain. Springs flow they are connected to rivers they stay they, they flow but a well is connected to nothing but rain the only way the well can i teach this for a few can y'all give me five more minutes the only way that the well can be filled is if heaven fills it <laughs> only god can fill that well 
You can't pull a jug in there. You can't pull a cup in there. When you look at that well, you say only God feel that. Because it is dependent on heaven's reign. Is there anybody in this room right now who you're at a season that you're dependent on heaven's reign? Like, you need God to fill you. You need God to fill your well right now. And the thing about this well, Morel, it was a hundred feet deep. I'm talking about a deep hunger. I'm talking about a deep hole. I'm talking about a deep void. I'm, I'm talking about something that only heaven can fill. It's the thing is, he says, my daddy's well. If I'm going to remember my daddy's well, he said, it's a well with rain. It's a well that reminds me that only God can fill that. Because what the thing is, in the midst of other, this is the part, I got to get it, I got to say this, uh, Joanna. I know you want me to say this because I got to say it. This is the thing. Among other springs, it was the only well. You missed that. Jacob bought the land but with the land didn't come springs historians say that springs didn't come with the well I mean springs didn't come with the land because that would have cost him more so Jacob said I'm going to build my own well to remind myself or I'm going to make sure that there's going to be land or there's going to be something on my property to remind my family and generations after me that only God did this. No one else could feel this but God. No one else could do it but God. No one else could do it. Can somebody open your mouth and say only God can do it. Only, only God can do it. Only, only God can do it. He says, so Jacob's well was there in the midst of springs trying to teach that in a way that makes sense I don't know if you ever been around springs in your life what are springs springs that naturally flow naturally always seem to be blessed naturally always seem to get ahead naturally always seem to get everything they need and here you are a well waiting on God to fill it if you ever had spring friends that they seem to get the promotions, the jobs, the opportunities, everything before you. And here you are, well, waiting on rain. And it's easy for people to make fun of you when they don't know how deep your well is. It's easy for people to count you out when they don't know how, how much rain it takes to fill you. How much God it's going to take to heal you. How, how much God it's going to take to mend you. How much God it's going to take to make you, make you flourish and overflow. And they, here it is, a well. Jacob's well was there. And as Jacob's well was there, the, the daddy's well represents rain. But then Jesus sat on the well because he was tired. I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to go ahead and try. <laughs> Jesus' well, Jesus sat there by the well. He was resting, which is to say Jesus' humanity was tired. His divinity was fine, but his humanity was tired. And he sat there by history. He sat there, hear this. He sat there by a well that has served generations. Now here we bring in this woman. Someone say, here comes the woman. Here comes the woman. The woman comes thinking that she's having an encounter with what she normally does. Woman that comes there thinks she's going to get what she's always gotten. She sees a man there that she doesn't normally deal with. 
see somebody sitting on her daddy's well. The well of history. And she says, who, who, who this? Who, who is this sitting here at this well? Jesus, she says, Jesus says to her, give me something to drink. She says, how can you ask me for something to drink? And I came here to get something to drink. Jesus responds to her. He said, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for the drink. If you knew who I was, you would be asking me because you're coming here for well water and I'm sitting here as living water. <laughs> you're waiting for rain to fill this thing. But I'm sitting here to fill your thing. You coming here waiting on rain to fall down and waiting, waiting on God to fill it. And I am God here sitting here waiting to fill you with living water. You're waiting for collected water and I am the water. I am the living water. I am the water that you will never, you will never thirst again. Long story short, it says that Jesus, the woman says to him, she says, I'm just going through the scripture. Y'all read it because I'm over time. Jesus says, uh, the woman says to Jesus, she says, give me that water. If you got that, give me that. I don't ever want to thirst again. I I don't ever want to come back to this well again. I don't ever want to come back. Now, I, I, I thought, I wanted, I wanted to end here because I was thinking that Jesus was just talking about water. Jesus was not talking about her being filled with water. He was talking about her being filled with the Holy Ghost. Y'all thought I was talking about water the entire time. Jesus said, I want you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And how do you know I know this? Because Jesus said in John, the fourth chapter, verse around 23, He says, God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in not in water, but in spirit. So you're going to keep coming back here for water. But I want to fill you with my spirit. Because what you need to be filled with is not water. You need to be filled with my fire. You need to be filled with my power. You need to be filled with my spirit so that you will never thirst again. So Jesus said, I'm through here. Jesus said, so Jacob, Joseph, and everybody after them kept talking about my daddy's well. But Jesus said, I'm sitting on my daddy's well. I ain't sitting on Jacob's well. I ain't sitting on Joseph's well. I'm sitting on the well of life. I'm sitting on the well that will never run dry. So it goes back to John the the seventh chapter. He says, if any of you are thirsty, come to my well. Come to me and drink. And out of your belly, out of your heart, out of your life shall flow rivers of living water and I want to know if there's anybody in this room right now who you keep going to the same well over and over and over again for, for, for man to feel what only God can feel you keep waiting on somebody to feel you wait somebody to complete you wait on somebody to affirm you and you got a well that only God can feel. 
And I will be real bold today to tell you. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.